Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. It is the last weekend in July. Man, summer is just flying by. It is crazy. Crazy to think it's the last weekend in July. There's going to be... I saw I was in Costco yesterday and they're already putting out uh, Halloween decorations. I'm just like, what the heck is going on, you guys? You're going way too fast. So today's going to be a good episode. We got Vessi Kapulian with us um, from DBA Capital Group. Vessi is an expert in multifamily down there in uh, Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee markets. So Vessi, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Glad to be here, Gabe. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I told you right before we get on here, we like to start with stories. So why don't you take us to the beginning of your story? How'd you get started in real estate? Absolutely. Happy to share that. I will say really the very beginning started back in Bulgaria, Eastern Europe, when I was growing up uh, behind the Iron Curtain. And I would say at that time, really the seed of real estate was planted in me because when people talked about investments, they talked about real estate and the ability to own your home, potentially a second property, uh, mostly for equity building purposes, not so much as cash flow. So that concept was there, but the seed didn't quite germinate until 2017. <laughs> so, when, uh, uh, real huh? quick, I'm curious. Yeah. Um I don't. I don't really know too much about like the USSR and all the uh, yeah. the, the the countries yeah. that were within that block. Yeah. Did, they, did you have private ownership of of property where you can use it as an investment, or was that? I thought that wasn't quite part of the the system that they had going there. Yeah. No. Not as not to you. You could actually rent it out, but it's not like it would cash flow a ton. Um, so when I say investments, it's one ability for people to purchase their own home, which was a big deal, a huge deal for many people. Um, and then potentially own a second property, like a village home, um, again, mostly for equity building, wealth accumulation. I'm not talking major wealth, just modest wealth. Gotcha. Um, okay. And some people rent their properties as well, but it's not a ton of income. It's some income. So not nothing to the scale of what you see here in the US. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so sorry, I jumped into your story. Yeah, no, you were no, talking, no. You, you're in Bulgaria, got the seed planted. Uh, what happened yeah. next? Yeah, so eventually my dream was always to come to the U.S. to study. So I, I studied hard, earned a full scholarship and uh, packed my, uh, was admitted to university in Arkansas, packed my two suitcases and arrived. And that was in 1998, so about 25 years ago. And um, this is home now. I decided to stay, but at that time I took the more traditional path of going to school, getting good grades, eventually getting my graduate degree, um, joining a company and um, and climbing that corporate ladder because I, I that's what I thought the path of success looks like. And along the way, there were clues. I didn't quite pick them up at the same time, but I'm sure glad that I did. 
um, things like the Enron scandal that happened where people lost all of their 401ks. Then we went through the 0809 crisis. And at that time, I was already in the lending space. Um, so there were a lot of good lessons learned, not only about businesses, but also individuals who, again, lost their jobs and their retirement savings. And then my own employer went through a couple of restructures along the way. And um, I, I lost a lot of my colleagues um, in that restructure. And that that's really when um, that was the tipping point because I thought, well, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. <laughs> I could be next. Um, I'm not any smarter. If anything, it probably means I'm getting paid less. So at that time, I, I set on a journey of, well, I don't want to be that person who's 65 with no retirement. Um, and I thought, what could I do? Well, I'll do what I knew best is buy a little home and rent it out. And that will be my tiny little uh, way to diversify away from the stock market. Um, living in California, that was challenging because mm. to buy cash flowing properties here requires quite a bit of equity. And on top of that, the business laws, the landlord laws are not as friendly. So that naturally pushed me out of state. Scary moment. But I'm so glad I made that first step because that investment worked out well, which then opened the path for me to buy more properties, single family homes over time. And I think that's when the light bulb went on, um, namely, wow, this is not just a small little retirement nest egg to diversify away from the stock market volatility. This can actually be a full time venture. And um that's when I decided to look into multifamily. Why? Because for me, it was a natural transition where I could apply my skills from asset managing my residential portfolio, as well as my underwriting skills, because I've been a commercial lender now for 15 years. So I could apply that knowledge as well as I transition into the commercial multifamily space. And um, from there, took action um, in meeting people, potential partners, underwriting 200, 300 plus deals to find the one. And um, and happy to, to share that that uh, dream is now a reality and have made that transition and looking to grow and scale from here and help other people um, diversify their portfolios and build wealth. Nice, man. I love uh, I love your story. It sounds like you you really went through it to get to where you are today. Um, I'm curious, why did you choose uh, Arkansas as the, I mean, you're in Bulgaria, you chose the United States, you're going to go study there. Why did you choose Arkansas as the state to, to study in? Yeah, um, so I had a couple of options. Uh, first of all, they gave me a full scholarship. And that was important for me because I don't come from a rich family. Because, So fr frankly, if it wasn't for the scholarship, I would not have been able to afford to come to the U.S. But secondly, at that time, there is a Bulgarian uh, professor who uh, was and still is living in the United States that I consulted with. And he said, of all these options, if my daughter was choosing, this is the school I would choose. And um, which school was it? The University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. So it's. North oh, OK. OK. Arkansas. Cool. Yeah. So and how old were you when you came to the U.S.? I was 18, 19, basically right after high school. Um, wow. 
And <laughs> that was a whole I, other story, pretty scary story, in my yeah. Opinion, but I won't digress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. I always have a lot of respect for people who come over. I'm sure you didn't speak English, you know, as fluently as obviously native um, English speakers, and so people yeah. who come over to, uh, you know, from a foreign country to the United States, start a life and become successful in whatever career they choose. I have a lot of respect for you guys. It takes a lot of hard work. And uh, I'm sure it was scary when you were 18 getting on that plane over to the U.S. Absolutely. Lots of transitions, but um, extraordinary things usually lie on the other side of comfort. And I think it's important to take calculated risk, right? I'm not um, suggesting even when for that first property, um, Yes, it was scary, but I did my research on the area, the market, the team, and, and took calculated risk and, and really happy that I did that. So some of the most uh, amazing moments in my life have come through those, going through some of those maybe um, either transition periods or difficult periods and um, having taking that leap of faith in, in God, trusting God first, but also taking that leap of faith in myself and um in that next step yeah you just did that that first the first step once you make a decision is always the hardest because it's just terrifying to let go of what you know and step into the unknown but if you just keep going forward eventually you're going to make it um and it sounds like the second you know big transition you made was you decided to invest outside of where you lived um how did you decide on the market uh when you did decide to invest outside of california yeah so um, the first property I purchased was in Memphis, Tennessee, and how I came across that was really through a local meetup here in Los Angeles that was um, uh, sharing a lot of their meetings online. And there was one particular person who would speak very frequently, and he would post his contact information. He, he talked about investing out of state, Tennessee, He said, if you have questions, call me. So one day I called him and I asked, hey, do you know someone who would sell properties in Tennessee? And he happened to be one of those people. Um, Memphis in particular, I already had some familiarity with because I had visited a few times um, while I was living in Arkansas. And um, beyond that, I did my research right on not only on the um, metropolitan area, but also on the submarket where some of the properties were located that were offered to me for purchase. And so, yes, it was scary. Yes, it was unknown, but I did my my homework and and really, really, I was motivated to take action. And it's that fear that was driving me. I don't want to wake up 20 years from now and think I should have started this earlier or, or gosh, my retirement portfolio is gone. I'm out of a job. Um, what do I do now? That fear of regret at that particular moment was really pushing me to take action. So I didn't necessarily have my eyes and mindset on, on Tennessee from that very first moment, but it was the this decision to, to take that first step, take action, and of course, do my proper diligence along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important um, to kind of take these steps as they are presented to you. It sounds like you, you met somebody who was in the area and you're like, hey, here's an opportunity. I'm going to mm -hmm. take it. I'm going to take some action. And it mm -hmm. got you into a good place. So Yes. Um, you know, since those first few houses, you've gotten into multifamily and uh, it sounds like you guys are spread across Florida, Georgia and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that transition. How did you go from single family and what was like your first multifamily deal? Um, mm -hmm. How did you raise the capital? All that kind of stuff. 
Absolutely. So the very first step when I decided to make that transition was to educate myself. And and yes, I had a lot of experience, as I mentioned previously, just asset managing my residential portfolio. And then, of course, the experience on the lender side. But I really wanted to educate myself and understand what happens on the operator side of the equation have really and that pushed me to consider a mastermind and, and mentorship and coaching program because a lot of the people who have been successful in that space were talking about it. And I figured I will follow in the footsteps of success. So I went down a rabbit hole of researching different um, coaching programs. And that was important to me, not only from the aspect of having a structured learning approach, but also having accountability uh, by virtue of of working with a coach and finding my tribe, finding my potential partners, people who are motivated to do well, um, who are like-minded, because that's also really important. At the end of the day, that's a people's business. So I'm joining that mastermind to structure my education, have accountability and find my future partners. And from there, it was rolling up my sleeves and getting to work. Specifically, what I decided to focus on is markets are the properties, the areas where I was already in. So Florida and Tennessee and Florida in particular, because I didn't want to be spread too thin. And in terms of skill set, I focused on adding value to other people through underwriting and and data analysis. And so um, through that group in particular, there was a deal um, that was presented to me. One of the GPs reached out to me because he needed a second set of eyes on on the underwriting. And over time, we had built relationship and I had helped him on underwrite numerous deals. And the numbers look great. So I checked all of my boxes in terms of the people, the market, the data. The only exception was it wasn't in Florida, uh, but everything else lined up. Um, so I, I decided, again, t- take that leap of faith and, and really happy um, that I was able to join in and add value to that team and, and also my my now investors because that property has been performing incredibly well and um that's um that's also another reason why I'm doing it is to have an impact positive impact not only for myself but those around me and it's been a very rewarding experience nice I love to hear that um and yeah it is so important to have uh mentorships masterminds just a group of like-minded people around you doing the same mm-hmm. thing that you're doing and mm-hmm. uh, that you trust and respect because that really helps i mean i know from my own experience if I was just lone wolfing it, going out, just doing it on my own, first of all, I'd make a lot more mistakes. And second of all, there would just be a lot, you know, the, the motivation wouldn't be there. We get so much from who we're working with. Um, mm-hmm. So it sounds like you got a lot of that from your mastermind group. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go into the the final section of the podcast, we are running down the clock, but I wanted to ask about your opinions on the current market. Um, you know, people are saying that I've heard all these different kinds of predictions of what the market's going to do. Uh, so I honestly don't know heads or tails what actually is going to happen. So what is your take on it, um, especially for multifamily? Where do you see it going? Uh, where do you see the market in general going? And and what is your plans going forward? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're definitely threading in very frothy waters right now. But that is also not a time to be scared, but to see that as a time of great opportunity 
to purchase amazing assets at more reasonable prices um, because valuations were definitely inflated over the past couple of years. Um, so specifically for myself, as well as my team, we remain net buyers. We're not jumping after any and every property. So I think it's extremely important to stay true to the underwriting principles, market selection principles, and then operating the property and focusing on asset management. And as long as you you stick to these fundamentals, if you find a property where the numbers work with the right team of people, I would take action. And that has been my my approach since. Now, admittedly, because of where the market is, deal flow has reduced substantially from last year. And there still seems to be a pretty wide gap uh, between buyers and sellers. However, I'm hoping that with some of the loan maturities that are coming due um, from these three-year or short-term bridge loans that were put in place in the past couple of years, I'm hoping that at some point of time, right, these operators will need to take action. So I'm hoping that leads to uh, better or more opportunities for great properties on the market. Yeah, we're seeing the same thing in uh, self-storage, which is what I focus on, um, is that there's a huge difference between you know buyer expectations and seller expectations, but they're slowly coming in line. So that's good. Um, you mentioned you know you're really good at underwriting. What is uh, I guess we can use cap rate as as the metric to look at. So what is the cap rate that you guys are aiming for when you go in, and what are you looking for when you stabilize? Yes. Uh, so as far as cap rate, really that's only one of the data points that we look at. Uh, so at a minimum going in, I'd like to be at positive leverage, mm. uh, meaning for the cap rate to exceed my debt cost. Debt service, yeah. yeah. Do you have a, a DSCR that you guys um, have a minimum of, or does it? Uh, do you just want it to be cash flowing? We want it. Well, the lender has a minimum of one twenty five, and as an operator, we usually like to have some cushion above and beyond that. So I would say probably one and a half. Um, but the ultimate debt service target would be driven by the lender. I, yeah. I would say probably the metric that I like better than cap rates would be the yield on cost because yeah. the cap rate captures the purchase price, the yield on cost captures the purchase price and capex and other expenses. Um, so that's probably one we look at more closely. And again, making sure that's positive relative to the cost of debt or the cost of capital mm. that's interesting i've always uh um i've always when i calculate my own cap rates i just put the capex in there i didn't know there was another word for <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for that yeah. second metric yeah. when you add the capex into it yeah. um yield on cost right on yeah. all right so uh that wraps up the the initial section here it's time to jump into the quick question round are you ready i'm ready Let's do it. It starts with books or any form of education. Give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom, one for real estate specific. All right. So general life wisdom, one of my favorite books outside of the Bible is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Unlike the name suggests, it's really more about mindset and living a rich, meaningful life. I, I reread this book um, at least once a year. And then uh, real estate-wise, uh, specifically for multifamily and syndication, I would say the best ever apartment syndication book by Joe Fairless. Um, it's literally, you could treat it as a as a textbook. It gives you step-by-step -step guides on how to get started and prosper. 
Nice. I love it. All right. Next question is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Vessi who was uh, just stepping off of the airplane in Arkansas. Go to her, look her in the eye, give her one piece of advice moving forward. I wish I had started earlier in real estate and I wish I had been previewed to the entrepreneurial path. I'm very grateful for all the skills and knowledge, everything I've learned in corporate America, but there's more than one way to be successful, more than one way to make positive impact. So I wish I had started sooner investing and and had that seed germinate a little bit faster. Uh, But um, I don't want to live a life of regret. So I've taken action, pivoted and um, looking forward to the future. There you go. And whoever out there is listening and uh, you're keeping track of the number of guests who come on here and say they wish they started earlier. That's another another notch for that bucket. Um, I swear to God, it's like 90% of the people who come on say they wish they started really? earlier. So you guys are out there, you're listening and you've been thinking about getting invested. You've been thinking about getting into real estate. Take this as a sign. Go out there, just buy your first property. Everybody wishes they started earlier. So start now. Um, now's the best time to start. All right, that moves us to the next question. And this is about the US. It's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there. Give me the single city, the single metro you're most excited about investing in today. Most excited today. Wow, I have a couple of markets actually in mind. But today, I would say Savannah, Georgia would be Mm. one of the places that I'm looking into. Yeah, Savannah, Savannah, Savannah is a hot market. Um, there's a lot of people interested in that area. A lot of just Georgia in general. Um, yes. It sounds yeah. like most people are pretty excited about that. All right, next question is about finding deals. You mentioned earlier that you do 200, you underwrite 200 to 300 deals before closing on one, which is great to hear. Um, so what's your favorite way of finding those deals? So uh, specifically for one of the markets that I focus on, Florida, it's really through broker relationships, but um, really it boils down to adding value to others as well. So the deals in Georgia that I mentioned earlier, I didn't source those. Those were sourced by my partners who are locally there and boots on the ground. But if I was to choose one, I would say broker relationships, specifically in my market, 92 of the deals are, 92% of the deals are sourced through brokers. So I I choose to spend my time on the 92% of the market. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's probably pretty similar across all the markets in the US, um, especially the bigger deals. Brokers, uh, right. a great way to go, um, which is why relationships are so important, mm-hmm. not just because they bring you stuff, but because it's fun. I mean, why else would we do a relationship or do real estate if we couldn't make good relationships? All right. That leads us to the last question. This is for the listeners. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you, learn a little bit more about what you guys do and possibly invest in one of your deals. So what is the best way for people to reach out and uh, say hi? The easiest way to connect with me is through my website, dbacapitalgroup.com. D is in dream, B is in believe, A is in achieve. My phone number, email, and link to my direct calendar are there. And people can also download a complimentary copy of my digital book, The Busy Professional's Quick Guide to Investing in Multifamily, so they can become a better educated and more empowered investors. All right. I love it. So I will put that link in the show notes. If y'all want to reach out to Bessie, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down that full description and in there you can find her links. 
All right, Bessie, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Gabe. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, at the real estate investing club.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is you give us a like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.